Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. And this is the third episode of LDL Letters. The Latter-day Lesbian Midweek Mail Podcast. I like it. I'm kind of liking it, too, and we're getting some great feedback. I guess people like to hear about other people's experiences. Yeah. And yeah. So should we just jump on in? I've got a good one right here. Yeah, I guess people are enjoying sending in their letters and then hearing their letters read. That's part of it, too. I love it. I love having people feel like they're a part of this because they are a part of this. Absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We couldn't do it without them. No. Got to have an audience, as it turns out. It's true. All right. This letter is from Amy W. from Idaho. Okay. Let's hear it. Hi, ladies. Okay, I'm taking the plunge to share my story. I'll tell it in parts. Use whatever parts you would like as they pertain to the subjects you're talking about. I'm reminded of different aspects of my story in every episode I listen to. So if this sounds disjointed, I apologize. There is so much I have buried or stuffed that is being brought to the forefront again in each episode. I'm so grateful to you both for your dialogue, authenticity, candor, honesty, and willingness to put yourselves out there to help others and yourself in the process. You save lives daily. Thank you. Aw, that's so sweet. Thank you. Feel good. I know. All right, here is her conversion story. Oh, wow. I did not grow up in the church, though my mom's side of the family is LDS, and my grandma was still a member, though inactive. My mom and her twin brother got out in the early 2000s, and aside from the knock on my mom's door just after I was born to admonish her for not raising me in the church, she has had no contact with them since. She never kept me from going with my friends, having a steak dance card, or having Mormon boyfriends or friends, but I was always clear how she felt about the church. Wait, 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 wait. Steak dance card? Foom pod. <laughs> Bring that down. Foom pod. Steak dance card. Steak dance card. Is this a real card. dance? Steak dance card. I'm not telling you anything because it's going to be a foom pod. All right. All right sorry to interrupt Amy's letter. <laughs> Keep going. My grandma had visiting teachers come once a month until her death, though she did not go to church the entire time I was growing up. My grandpa was not LDS, so she had my mom and her brother go when they were younger, but respected their decision not to and get out when they were older. My family was brought over through Ellis Island from England, converted around the time the church was started, and it went from there. I had a ton of Mormon friends in school and hung out with them socially until around the age of 15 or so when they started asking me to come to church more and have the discussions. Come to find out, they were told in their young women group that they either had to get me to come or convert or stop hanging out with me. Oh, that was so hurtful when I told them no to the discussions and then they gave me the cold shoulder. At the time, I didn't understand why. Ouch. Okay, dude, I hate that. I hate, I remember when I was a young women's leader, 
Mm-hmm. The leader over me had the girls in my class always on Sunday morning stop by this one girl's house who was not even a member and tried to get her to go. And she Whoa. knew it was fake. And the girls knew it was fake. They didn't want to go because the girl w- would be rude to them when they'd go try to get her to church. And I, did, I didn't blame the girls for not wanting to go. And I didn't blame the rude girl for being rude. It's like, why? Why are you forcing? Oh, just So how old sucks. were these girls and they were expected to like stop by someone's some uh, other girl's this, house? This was 12 and 13 years old. To try to convert her? Or? To get her to come to church. So oh yes, convert. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. As a result of losing my Mormon friends when I was in ninth and 10th grade, I started church hopping with different friends. I was trying to land somewhere where I felt I belonged. I was raised Presbyterian, but to me at the time it was boring, liturgical, which is not my bag. My neither, Emmy. (laughs) And I just never felt spiritually inspired there. I didn't dig their music, the people, the sermons, and none of my friends were there. I knew I was different coming to find out later that different was gay, nope. but wasn't sure what it was or why, so I was trying to figure out where my spiritual place was. I went to the Episcopal Church for a couple of years and then the Baptist Church for a couple of wow, years. Wow, she was all over the place. Yeah, she's trying to find herself, trying yeah. to like, I need church, yeah. must find church. I'm just yeah. trying all these different things out, mm-hmm. see what fits. Shortly after I got to college in Oregon, I was at a private liberal arts college and had a ton of different types of friends, but I found some Mormon friends that gave me balance between my non-Mormon friends who would party and sleep with guys and date and all the things which I didn't do. And the safety of Mormonism that was known to me since I grew up around them in Idaho and knew the type of people they were. My best Mormon friend in high school was still very much in my life and was encouraging me to stick to the safe people. I had by that time realized that I was more than just different. I was gay, and I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be outside the norm, but it was very obvious, given the different people I was around at college, that I was so different than they were. I also came into contact with other gay women that I started identifying with. I would see them out playing intramural soccer and football, and they lived in my dorm, and I would think, those girls are just like me. Hmm. Still, the stigma of being gay or being different was overwhelming, so I started actively seeking ways to not be that way. I get that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're in a religious environment. Yeah, you're like, well, then I'll sing in the choir or I'll, you know, something that's... Well, you can't be yourself. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I started going to church with my Mormon friends from college, and one summer I sought out the missionaries to give me the discussions. Well, that's one way to try to stop being gay. <laughs> Convert me to your church. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I had a set of sister missionaries and a set of elders that were teaching me. I basically had two different sets of discussions, and they both considered me golden. What they didn't realize was that I was clinging to a last-ditch effort to be straight. I didn't want to be gay and thought that if I joined a church that had a manual for everything (laughs) and would tell me how to live right and get the blessings from God, that my gay would go away or would at least be quelled because I was living a righteous life. That's one thing about Mormonism. They will tell you how to do everything in your entire life. And yeah. then they promise if you follow all of these things, you'll, you'll be, be happy. happy. Yep. Um, this golden convert idea I've heard before, is that an expression? Yeah. A golden convert is someone who's just ready to hear the gospel and get baptized. Like they don't have to quit smoking. They don't have to. Oh my You know gosh. what I mean? They're ready to go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty stupid. It is pretty stupid. Okay. I would have the promise of getting married like all my friends were starting to, having children like all my friends wanted to and would be able to do, and I would blend in and have a normal life. I wouldn't even have to choose what underwear to wear every day because it would be given to me. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Mormon. Wow, she found a benefit in those stupid temple garments. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they have day of the week underwear. It's true. They don't have they don't have day of the week garments. They all suck. (laughs) Yeah, well if you're not sure what underwear to wear, you just pick out Monday. Well, 
You know, and if you're feeling like a Monday on a Thursday, you just you can you can wear whatever. I would just you always want. be wearing Friday night underwear, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Boom. <laughs> All right. Um, but we digress, mm-hmm, like the usual. August twentieth, nineteen ninety four. I joined the Mormon Church. My parents, grandparents, and best friend and her family were there. My best friend's dad, who has since had his own struggles with same-sex attraction and has gone in and out of the church, oh my goodness. baptized me, and I was on my way to salvation. Again, I don't like that Joe Schmo, run-of-the-mill dude, can just baptize people. Well, he's got the priesthood because he's got I a penis. S- oh, God. That's all you have to have, really. Yeah, I think that's lame. It is. When I told my parents I was getting baptized, my mom was devastated. She cried and cried. Seven years later, when I came out and told her I was gay, she barely blinked an eye. Her reaction to me joining the church was so much more extreme than when I told her I was gay. (laughs) Dude, if one of my kids, if all of my kids came to me and said they were gay, I'd be like, sweet. If even one of them came to me and said, I'm going to be baptized Mormon, that would be the saddest day of my life. Yeah. Well, you're also a lesbian. Okay. What's some, what's a different... I don't know. Like don't if they know. want to join the circus. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of your example for you. You'll have to you'll drug have dealer. To, oh, really? Be easier for you. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. okay, moving on. <laughs> uh what drug are we talking about? Pot. Oh, oh okay. Okay. And not not to children. <laughs> and they can live in DC. So yes. it's all fine. So it's legal. <laughs> yep. There you go. Oh, Except happened. I don't think you're supposed to sell it when you're in D.C. Oh, yeah. You can't really sell it anyway. No, you really can't. But if I ran a legal dispensary okay. in Colorado. <laughs> if one of my children decided to run a legal Okay. All right. Moving on. Apples and oranges, people. <laughs> All right. Now, Amy's telling us about experience inside the cult. And this is heartbreaking for me, by the way. Okay. Okay. I was 20 years old when I joined. I thought all my problems would be solved by joining and I would be guaranteed a husband, children, acceptance, community, and a constant guide to getting all the blessings in life. Yeah, because that's what they tell you before you get baptized. I was very active for a few years, but always in the back of my head, I had this secret of knowing I was gay, but praying constantly it would stay dormant while I lived this righteous life. Hmm. I remember several specific instances where I would balk at things that the leaders were telling me to do. I was in a branch then because Oregon doesn't have a lot of Mormons, so we had a branch and stake president, but not a bishop, but they're all the same. So a branch is different it's than, smaller a ward? than a ward. Okay. Yeah. If you don't have enough people to qualify, then you have a ward. How many people in a branch, a branch do we think? I, I don't know. Less. I don't know. I was told shortly after joining that I needed to schedule my patriarchal blessing. I was willing to do that and went to this man's house, and he took me by myself into his back office and gave me my blessing. Oof. I'll send that to you all separately so you can compare it to Shelley's. It's crazy shit. Anyway, I remember one line in that blessing so clear and so specifically 25 years later. You will be a wife and mother in Zion. At that time, no one had explained to me that Zion was in Missouri. I thought it was the afterlife (laughs) or celestial kingdom, and I was devastated. This was only three or so months after joining. I felt betrayed that I had joined because I wanted to get married and have kids, and they were telling me that it would not happen for me in this life. That was the first crack in my shelf, but I ignored it. Within another few months, I was dating this wonderful Hawaiian man. He was my best friend at the time and filled the role of making me appear straight within the safety of not having to be too physical because it was against the rules of the church to do anything more than holding hands and maybe kissing. Yeah, that part is probably pretty good for gays. Like, like to be able to like have this facade of a straight relationship when, oh, yeah. when everyone feels like, oh, well, we can't be physical anyway because right, it's right, against right. the rules. So yeah, we'll all so, pretend to be straight. Yeah, a gay guy or a gay girl will just date their best friend that's mm-hmm. of the opposite gender. And it's fine. They can hold hands and go shopping and, and laugh and whatever. 
But yeah. then when you have to be like a married couple and you're realizing I, I don't have romantic feelings, I, I yeah. want something else. I want to feel love. I want to give love in a way that's not just this is my best friend. Sure. But shortly after the church leaders realized we had been dating for a while, they started pushing me to go to the temple and get married. Oof. I resisted this. It wasn't even on my radar to do so. I was brought in the stake president's office by myself and told that I either needed to get married or go on a mission. But in either case, I needed to set a temple date. They then set a date for me, August 19th, 1995, exactly 365 days after joining the church. That was nice of them. Well, you can't go to the temple until you've been a member for a year. Okay. (laughs) What's the hurry? Because the sooner you get them to the temple, the sooner you have this person paying tithing, like for sure. Okay, so they don't have to pay tithing before that, or it's encouraged, but not no, they're mandatory? Supposed to. They're supposed to. Yeah. It's definitely mandatory after that. Oh, yeah, in the temple. To, to remain, to keep your temple working. But they, uh-huh. no, but they tell you to pay as, as soon as you're baptized. <laughs> like, I've heard of people having to pay for a few weeks before they'd let them get baptized, just to show that they would pay. Wow. How does anyone not see this as a big money racket? I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I know. Okay, so the, the stake president set, the, set her a date to go to the temple, whether she's going to get married or go on a mission. They didn't care, but they were, she was going to go to the temple. A couple of months before that, I had two to three meetings with the stake president saying that I did not want to go to the temple or get married in the temple because my family was not LDS, and that would be cutting them out of that part of my life. I am an only child, and the thought of not having my family at a big event like getting married was not even a consideration for me. The stake president told me at that point, who do you fear most, God or your family? Another Mm. crack in the shelf. What a dick. (laughs) Why does fear have to play into either of those options? Because they say you're supposed to fear God. And it's biblical or more Well, sure. It's Old Testament. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think. Don't quote me on that, but definitely it feels like the Old Testament God was more of fear. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I ended up canceling my appointment to get my endowment because I just couldn't reconcile excluding my family from any part of my life at that point. I was called, magically, by God shortly after refusing to get married in the temple or go to receive my endowment to teach the celestial marriage class to other (laughs) singles in my branch. All of us people who had never been married. Who the fuck does that? Yet I did. And I put my own spin on teaching it that made sense to me and leaving out parts of the manual I didn't understand or that didn't make sense to me or that I did not agree with. Of course, that earned me yet another meeting with the stake president where he told me I wasn't allowed to go off script. I told him I didn't believe that choosing to not be sealed in the temple or get married in the temple separated you from your family. I told him that having a civil ceremony and having to wait a year wasn't a big deal if sealing even happened at all. My husband would still be my husband and my children would still be my children. He gave me a scenario. If you do not get married and sealed in the temple and you have a child within that year and your husband and baby get in a car accident and die, you will never see them again. Oh my God. Oh, I hate this person. What minister says this shit? Shitty ones. Shitty Mormon ones. Wow. What a horrible scenario. I know. First of all, you're already picturing your husband and kid getting killed in a car accident. Yeah, it's like this. The dude's like, you need to get married in the temple. And she's like, if I get married in the temple, none of my family can go. I love my family. Like, let me get married civilly. And then in the States, they used to make you wait a year before you could get married in the temple. She goes, let me get get married civilly so my family can all be there. And then I'll get married in the temple a year later. And he's like, well, what if in that one year waiting period, your husband and your baby die in a car accident Uh and you will never see them again? What the fuck kind of manipulation? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, Amy, can we please find an address and go kick some ass? (laughs) 
<laughs> Jesus. Amen. Yeah, another crack. That's what she says. Who tells a 20-year-old young adult that kind of shit to scare them into making a decision that could devastate people most important to her? Mm. This went on for a couple of years. On my 21st birthday, I drank half a beer with girls in my sorority and had to repent. They gave me this little card that had the steps to repentance and a prayer to say all the time on the back. Oh, I had to abstain from taking the sacrament for, for a period of time and was then absolved from my six-ounce sin. <laughs> so she drank a half a beer and uh-huh. then had to be shamed by not being uh-huh. allowed to take the sacrament in sacrament meeting where everyone is staring and watching yeah. to see who like, takes and who doesn't. Yeah. Oh, what? yeah, they do that, don't they? Keep track of who's taking it and who isn't. Yep. Moving on. This is a fantastic letter, by the way. I'm like, this story is just... Okay. In 1996, I moved to Utah, Salt Lake City, to go to graduate school. Over the next 10 years, my life completely fell apart. I had my first girlfriend shortly after moving to Utah and was living a double life at that point. She was also LDS, and we would both go to church, lie to our roommates, families, and coworkers about the nature of our relationship. I remember my parents asking me if I was gay at that point, and I lied and said no. I had several other girlfriends over the next 10 years and even a decoy boyfriend at that time. (laughs) I became a teacher and a raging alcoholic, again living two separate lives. Mm. In my personal life, I was living a gay lifestyle and drinking myself to death. Let me stop real quick. If a Mormon were to read that, they would take it as, well, that's what happens. You're, You're being gay. You're living wickedly. And with that comes alcoholism, prostitution. You know, they'll say because yeah. you're choosing to be wicked by being gay, you're choosing everything wicked. That's what happens. That's what you yeah. get. But the root of it is that she is not allowed to be herself. It's the Mormon upbringing that is causing well, for sure. the alcoholism. It's causing her to withdraw. It's causing her oh, to yeah. need something. She turned it's not to because alcohol. She, yeah, it's not because escape. she's acting on her gayness. It's because right. she it can't be herself. No. Yeah, it's kind of like that, um, or it's not actually like this at all, the time that I got strep throat in junior high school and also got mono. Because <laughs> you were gay? No, <laughs> no, because my defense, my immune system was already beaten down from the strep that I got mono too. That just doesn't work. Okay, like, thanks for sharing. <laughs> I'm gay, so now I'm an alcoholic. Oh, no. Well, that's what Mormon <laughs> will teach. One, one thing, and you're on the slippery slope to hell. Right. And then you're going to pile sin, all these other sins yeah. on top so of it. So it's not surprising that you people who choose to be gay you are people. alcoholics. Had you stayed in the church, yeah. like, no, I'm an alcoholic because of what Hiding the church has done. I yeah, am. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I get it. I was just throwing in a little anecdote. I like that. <laughs> did um, you? What, was your, how did, what, what prescription was? <laughs> um, penicillin? I don't know. I'm allergic. <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. In my public life, I was going to church, socializing with Mormons, and was an amazing teacher. I slowly realized the church in my lifestyle would never work and was devastated at that revelation. I spent years trying to make both work. I felt that I had disappointed God because that's what the church told me I was doing. I moved five times in the course of 10 years living down there, and finally my mom called me and said, either go back to church or get out. Whoa. Because the church leaders would call her to find me because uh-uh. I wouldn't connect to the ward I moved into. Uh, I hate that. I know, fuckers. I pulled up my bootstraps in 2001 and got my name removed from the church records. Good for you, honey. Yeah, good for you, girl. At that time, quitmormon.org did not exist, so I had to meet with two men from the church to start the process to write my letter to ask permission to leave. Ugh. I met them at a Presbyterian church I was attending at the time, took my best friend with me, and refused to meet with them alone. They told me that converting and having the knowledge as an adult was way worse when you wanted to get out than being raised in the church and being baptized at eight because I had made a conscious decision to join and was making a conscious decision to leave. 
Well, I don't understand. What wor- what does worse mean? They're going to make it harder for you to leave? No, it's like, um, you decided to get baptized as an adult. You were fully aware that you were taking on these commandments. You're you were breaking taking off- Jesus' yeah, heart. And, yet, and then now you're choosing <laughs> to throw it all away. It's worse. You're it's breaking worse. Mormon God's heart. Whatever. Mormon God's applauding Is Amy. that what they were trying to say? Like you should stay in because it's worse because you're it's it's harder on God what you're doing. Yeah, it's like if a kid steals a piece of gum from a gas station, you uh-huh. know, tell the kid to give it back. If a grown ass adult goes in there and and steals from the gas station, it's like, bro, what what the hell? I'm calling the cops. You know better. You're in a That's grown man. Why yes, do you, you want know exactly gum? what you're? <laughs> I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? I do get what you're saying, but that's really <sighs> stupid logic. It's well, really manipulative. We, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I'm starting to think this shit's fake, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Okay. He told me I would be banished to outer darkness for eternity because I had the knowledge of the one true church. Oh, and she turned her back on that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was turning my back on it. Oh, see? I can Ooh, write this stuff. <laughs> he told me my eternal salvation would be taken away because of my decision. I didn't care. I was literally dying, killing myself with alcohol and spiritual trauma happening again and again, and I was wow. trying to save my own life. I wrote my letter to President Faust, asshat in charge of the time, and told him <laughs> I wanted out. Good for you. He, or his minion, sent me a letter back that I remember opening in my best friend's kitchen saying that I had 30 days to change my mind or my eternal salvation would be revoked and my name would be removed from the records. Wow, they give you all these chances to mm-hmm. like, <laughs> just in case you were Are kidding. Are you sure you want to go to <laughs> Are Outer Darkness? Sure? <laughs> Are you sure you want to be What's separated from your family? door number three? <laughs> <laughs> totally. God. She says, I would pick Outer Darkness. Oh, fuck That's yeah. All bullshit. my friends will be there. Ex-Mormons <laughs> are the best Mormons. Be a party. I know. Yeah. Okay, I happily did not respond and got another letter saying my name had been removed a month later. I wish I still had that letter. Mm. All right, the damage had been done long before I got out, though. I have never been able to fully settle into a spiritual place of peace. I've not been able to walk into any church and feel truly accepted and welcome. I have, like Shelley, come close to finding a church family, but there was always some fundamental belief that they have that I just cannot get behind and is eventually communicated from the pulpit and I bail. Mm-hmm. I'm currently actively seeking another faith slash church family that I can be a part of because I do believe in God and I do believe in Jesus being an amazing guy, a teacher, and compassionate person in history. And whether or not he was ordained of God or is the true son of God or not, he's a badass and would love me unconditionally if I met him today. And that's enough for me. I struggle walking into a church because of my history and having anyone in the congregation tell me that I'm welcome to worship there. 
In my opinion, would they tell a straight married person that? Yeah. No, it insinuates that there's something about me that wouldn't ordinarily be welcome there, but because they're Uh open-minded, generous people, they are willing to look past my lifestyle and welcome me into their church. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. So the journey continues. How true, right? That is so true. Yeah, I've got these friends, and and they're good friends of mine. I just think that they're so conditioned to be straight in their straightsville Mm -hmm. that she said about her husband, wow, my husband actually likes you. He normally doesn't like gay people. And I think (laughs) that I was supposed to feel somehow honored by that. Yeah, I I agree. I don't like feeling like someone is making an exception because typically they wouldn't want to be around gay people, but you're not so bad. Like I'm supposed to say, oh, thank you for welcoming me into your world. I know. I should be like, dude, you should be well, you you should be thankful that I am willing to talk to you because you're, you're You're boring. You're boring. Yeah. (laughs) Or whatever it is. I, someday I'm hoping there'll be a day when no one has to be impressed. Has to be like, I like you, but, or in spite of. Exactly. Right? Why do you have to have that part of the statement? It's like how my dad was so impressed that I knew how to open a bank account when I was 20-something. <laughs> what the fuck, dad? Because you're a woman, you're not <laughs> yes, smart. Yes, exactly, because I'm a woman. That you weren't able to do anything. Right, right. <laughs> well, how did you learn? How do you know how to drive a stick shift? You know? <laughs> oh, God. All right, we're you almost done. You know what done. Phillips head looks a little different than mm-hmm. a flathead. <laughs> I remember when I was helping my brother back the trailer into the water to pick up the boat on a, a boat ramp. Okay. And I, I can back up a fucking trailer like nobody's business. All right. And I did it perfectly, and he parked the boat at me. He, he sat down, and he's like, man, you, I'd trust you backing up my trailer more than any of my guy friends. Which I took as a compliment because it's my brother, but at the same time, being compared always to... If I do something exceptional, then it's better than a boy. Like, pretty good for a girl. Yeah. Like, why can't it just be I kick ass? Period. Why does gender have to be assigned to it? Or what? Yeah. It's just, we've we've got so far to go, you guys. Do we do the same thing? When men have really nice handwriting, do we compliment their handwriting? Or when I have the worst handwriting. Bad example. Okay. All right. What about if men are good at interior decorating? Do we ever say like... We just think they're gay. <laughs> <laughs> he might be proving my point. People make perceptions. It's true. Or they make assumptions based on perception. Yeah. Isn't that how it goes? No, yeah. I think it definitely is the other way. I think that when girls perform, then men are impressed. But I don't think it's in the reverse as much. Like what could a man do that would impress a woman that's that's typically like um, women are good at it? Keep the house clean 100% of the time or like 85% of the time. That's true. I used to always brag on my ex-husband that he was really good with the kids. He is good with he the kids. He is. No, he is. And then he would then he would be like, well, why isn't every dad good with the kids? Why can't dads just be Some good with the kids? dads have a bad reputation. <clears throat> no, Not right. all. Not right. all of them. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. I think we make assumptions. Yeah. Based on stereotypes. That's what we do. We all do it. What if I told some guy, like, wow, you have bigger boobs than most women? <laughs> Is that a thing that one might say? Huh, not a compliment. <laughs> I'm thinking he won't like that. Oh, all right. Okay, yeah, anyway, that's digress? an interesting point. Okay, <laughs> digress again. All right. I am blessed enough now to have the most amazing partner in life who is also ex-Mormon. Jennifer helps me daily see that despite my religious trauma, because she has her own as well, I am not a bad person to question, struggle with beliefs and spirituality as a whole, and trust other religious or Christian people. It's all a process. I may or may not find the answers or ever reconcile my experience in the Mormon church. In listening to the podcast, I know I am not the only one who feels this way. Shelly, your story and perspective have at times uncovered or brought up my own experiences that have been stuffed down or blocked out. I'm so grateful to you for that because it gives me a chance to deal with that stuff and move on down the road. 
I know this letter is massive. I don't expect y'all to read it. Guess what? Y'all did. <laughs> um, but you are welcome to do with it what works for you. you. You're welcome to use it or any part of it on your midweek podcast. Did that. Mm-hmm. I'm just grateful that you take time to read things that you consider your listeners extensions of your friend circle. And it's a plan of ours, Jennifer and I both, to meet you one day for a sushi double date. All we right. love you guys and are grateful for all that you do. Have a great week. Amy. Thank you, Amy. That was so good. And there is so much in there. Yeah. There's so... I know. There's, it addresses so many issues, so many... So I'm sure that people who are listening right now, raise your hand <laughs> if you're nodding your head like, oh my gosh, same experience. Like, oh God, that happened to me. I hate that manipulative shit that Bishop tried to pull oh. on her. You know, it's like, are you sure you want to go to outer outer darkness? Well, it's yeah, just, sign me up for outer yeah, darkness. Oh, I totally take that. I totally, I totally believe that I will go to outer darkness, mm-hmm. and I'm still choosing and I'm it. I'm choosing it. People who leave the church know it's bullshit. They don't choose outer darkness. So yeah. your argument that are you sure you want to go to outer outer darkness? It's like you're you're speaking Harry Potter yeah, voodoo <laughs> nonsense to me at this point. <laughs> if it means you're not going to be there, yes, I choose <laughs> right, it. Right, right, yeah. So in my family, they, of course, believe that I have chosen to leave the one true church mm-hmm. and have chosen to tear my family up and have chosen, chosen, chosen. But the things that I'm choosing, I don't have the same beliefs as them. So I'm not choosing what they think I'm choosing. Right. You know? Yeah. Because um, I could come back with, well, you guys are choosing to stay in a cult that is going to ruin your children. You're choosing that. And your they would be like, it's not a cult. It's yeah. not a cult. And I'll say, well, I'm not going to outer darkness. You sure. know, it's the same thing. Yeah, no one wins in that discussion. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's still rough. And that manipulation isn't just from your local, you know, low-level bishops and shit. This is from the top. Oh, for sure. Just the other— uh, They didn't the, make it up. No, the last that. general conference was when um, the prophet, in quotations of the church, was saying to people who leave the church, don't you love your family enough right. to stay? Oh, that's so manipulative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from the man who says he speaks for God. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, Amy, way to fight back. Yeah. And, and way to be mm-hmm. brave enough to not give in to this pressure. Sure, like, I know. This is hard. And you're taking it on and you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Good for you. This is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It's a process. You probably have not at this point found a church. You may never find a church. You may find the perfect church tomorrow afternoon. I don't know. But the fact that you recognize that you have issues and that you're trying to work through them that's huge. Yeah. That's sure. huge. And that, that will, because you recognize it, it will eventually work out. And again, I would invite any current Mormon or anybody in any religion to ask questions. Yeah. Analyze. Analyze it. And if the answer you get makes you want to stay in it, good for you. Stay in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no harm in asking questions. I don't think. I don't think so either. And if your religion can't withstand questions, hmm, let yeah. me think about that. Ditch it. Yeah. That's what Ditch I say. It. Okay, well, that was a fantastic letter. Thank yes. you, Amy. Appreciate that so much. Don't forget, if you would like to get in touch with us and write us a letter and possibly have that featured here in our midweek mail podcast, mm-hmm. LDL Letters. Letters. You're supposed to do that with me. Okay, sorry, do it again. On three? Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. okay Moment's good. over. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can go to our website at latterdaylesbian.org slash contact and get in touch with us. Absolutely. Also, if anyone wants to reply or, or you know, give some feedback on Amy's letter, just yeah, say, hey, Amy said blah, blah, blah. And I would love to get that to her. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, we like to see people um, get connected. For example, I posted a picture of one of our patrons holding the gift that we sent to her, the, the thank you card. The thank you card. 
And then different patrons got their thank you cards as well. And they showed them and those two were like, Oh my gosh. And they started talking and they said, Oh, well, we have, we have a, a, a friend in a, common. A friend in common. And so then the friend jumped in. They started talking and I'm watching and all of a sudden these two LDL listeners that are who strangers, are, who are patrons that are strangers to each other mm-hmm. are suddenly friends and talking about life. Yeah, because they have a common God, I friend. Lo- I love I it. I love it. I feel like we are... We're bringing people together. Yes, we are trying... Well, without even trying, it's just happening. I'm not trying shit. I'm just telling my story <laughs> and talking to people. Without even trying, we are somehow making it possible for people who have left their community to find community. Well, and that's a really important, especially for people leaving a church community, because you you know that we hear that a lot. It's yeah. like, well, that was my entire world. Yeah. Now, who am I going to talk to? Now, exactly. who's going to be my friend? Yep. Yeah. Well, you have friends, damn it. You sure do. Mm-hmm. And as a reminder, you are not alone. Not alone. Not alone. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. That's going to do it for this week. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably get a couple more in next week. This was a, this was a long one, but a mm-hmm. good one. We wanted to make sure we had time to read this, yeah. this letter today. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye.